listening to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. Sarah Golseth away today. She'll be back very soon, I promise. <laughs> Thanks to Concordia University, Wisconsin for supporting the Coffee Hour. Find out more about Concordia University, Wisconsin at cuw.edu. Live Uncommon. It is Monday, October 25th. That means it is Mental Health Monday with Deaconess Heidi Gaiman. Good morning, Heidi. Good morning. Happy Monday, and uh, thanks for spending some time with me this morning. I, I, you know, it's just me this morning, so I don't know. This, this, this isn't quite. It's not therapy, but we get to talk about different types <laughs> of therapy, right? We are talking about different types of therapy. Yeah, I'm hoping for all the Andy feedback. Since it's just you and I. Huh? It'll be like the good old college days. I feel like us sitting in our dorm rooms, like having deep conversations about stuff that matters. Sitting out in the quad at Concordia University. Yes. <laughs> Well, uh, types of therapy. We've been talking about different types of therapy. We've talked about like, uh, oh, CBT, cognitive mm-hmm. behavioral therapy, right? And we talked about an interesting one. I can't remember that DBT, was that right? Yeah, DBT, dialectical behavioral therapy. Um, and we also talked a little bit about EMDR, mm-hmm. eye movement desensitization and reprocessing. And I really encourage the listener too that our first two episodes in this series for the month of October were on mental health professionals and what kind of professional you might need to seek out for different reasons. And so I think they kind of build off of each other and it's going to be really helpful to grab the whole series in the podcast or um, archives on kfuo.org because those bits of information, I think, cross over a lot when you're opening this conversation about what kinds of therapies are out there and what might best suit what you need for your mental health and for your spiritual health. Right, right. So yeah, you kind of got to take all these pieces together of uh, the, the, the October episodes of the Mental Health Monday on the coffee hour and, and put them all together. So maybe sit down and have like what, two hours worth of of uh, good mental health Monday. So I love it. So this week we're taking a look at some more different types of therapies to consider. And you'd reference some of these last week as well. I think the first one was Gottman. Um, and it has to do, that comes from a specific um, individual professional, right? Or a couple actually, isn't it? That is true. It's named after the Gottman uh, professionals that they are a couple of mental health professionals and researchers. Uh, It's really kind of cool because they do uh, marriage therapy in particular uh, with their methods. They've developed quite a comprehensive marriage therapy style and they also are married. And so they, their trainings are just really interesting because I feel like it's like when you find your mentor couple, if you will, in the church and they're so wonderful and, and cute and supportive and also have tiny arguments um, that make them very real to you. That's what it feels like to listen to the Gottmans and anything that they offer because they're just really authentic and real people. Um, but their research So John Gottman, the husband, he fascinatingly enough worked at the University of Washington, I believe it is. And now I think he might be at a different place, but they developed this love lab. And so back in the day, uh, 20, 30 years ago, this was a really inventive idea where they basically built a tiny Airbnb and then uh, recorded and watched couples and their interactions. Um, And that's really where their research comes from. And so it's built on thousands of couples and um 
tons of interactions. And then a longitudinal study is what we call it when they get to follow them then and see how they've done and return to that. Um, it is some really high quality research. And then from that, they built something called the sound relationship house theory. And it has, I think the house has maybe seven levels. I, I think I want to believe it's a perfect number like that. Um, that suits our purposes really well. Um, <laughs> You can look it up online. I use that sound relationship house like mad. I use it in my consulting work, um, even with churches or organizations. Uh, it's just really well-developed relational health stuff. Um, and so they originally started with marriage, but then it panned out to include things like friendship and how our interactions work in friendship and how this relationship house um, components, if you will, work within our friendships. I think it strongly applies to our interactions within the body of Christ. For instance, one aspect of the sound relationship house is building what they call love maps. And that is really the kind of getting to know you uh, questions that I I think we want to know about other people, but they don't just come to our mind, right? Like what kind of music inspires you? Or um, if you could go on vacation anywhere uh, and you had the resources to do so, where would you go? Just things like that. I think that's, uh, you know, sometimes they come to mind, but when we're sitting across from someone at a potluck, we're like, I don't really know what to say to you right now. And that's okay. And that's normal. Um, but to be able to open those lines of conversation sound like very basic. But these are skills that are taught um, and can be learned, I think, so that our relationships are able to connect a little bit better, even within the body of Christ. And so it's a really useful theory. As far as therapy goes, the Gottman style of the sound relationship house theory then is extremely well developed. I, I have several binders that are probably three inches thick each, and it has all kinds of different assessments and tools um, and specific interventions. Um, I love my favorite is called the dreams within conflict. Um, and it's this idea of looking for the underlying hopes and dreams of people um, underneath the perpetual marriage arguments. Um, any argument about finances isn't really about finances and no one ever wants to believe that. Um, but there's something usually underneath. But it's also very mindful of things like privilege and what resources people have available um, and what they're able to change and where they're at in the change process, things like that. And so I really highly recommend if you are looking for couples counseling that you can go on Gottman.com and look for a certified Gottman therapist. So that's one way to do it. Now, there's a lot of us who are not certified Gottman therapists because it costs a lot of money and it takes a lot of time and energy. Um, so there's a lot of people that are Gottman levels one and two trained and they have three levels. And so I even know some different pastors that have Gottman marriage therapy training that are also um, licensed professional counselors. And so you can... Um, you know, just to ask around in your community, uh, Google uh, Gottman and uh, therapists in your location, like put your location in like St. Louis, Missouri, and just see what comes up. Uh, that's one area where a lot of people have some of the basic training. And there's probably a difference in quality um, as far as the speed of therapeutic methods. If if you get a certified therapist, but you can find someone uh, that is uh, near you likely that isn't quite certified. So any questions about that, Andy? Well, I, I, in addition to um, marriage therapy, they also have helpful resources on children, mm -hmm. too, because I think mm -hmm. you and I had chatted about um, off air about a book 
on uh, particularly on um, emotional intelligence in children, raising mm, emotionally intelligent children. Um, yeah, that's yeah. I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt oh, no, you. No, I was going to say just because it's so relevant mm -hmm. um, is that I use the Gottman emotion coaching is a method they've developed of that emotionally healthy mm -hmm. children and parenting interactions. But I actually teach that to Lutheran school teachers a lot um, when I do presentations or when I go into Lutheran schools to do some consulting work. Um, that is a really powerful method. It's five easy steps. Um, and I think, yeah, anyone who interacts with children at all can uh, learn and it's a huge value. And speaking of children, another uh, type of therapy, anything before we go on to the next one, anything else about Gottman before we go on? No, to... that's good stuff. I definitely check out Gottman.com. Lots of articles, like you said, about various relationships, any relationship question you have, you can check out Gottman.com. And then we do use it a lot. My podcast is called Life in Relationship. And my husband, Dave, and I uh, do one relationship question a episode. And that is uh, another place where you can hear a lot about the Gottman research. Cool. Cool. And so we mentioned last time uh, talking about children, play therapy and um, maybe even sand tray. So tell mm -hmm. me more about this. Yeah, play therapy is another amazing method that is particularly uh, geared toward and researched well for children as very effective, uh, but is also really effective for teens and adults. We all need a little more play in our life. Um, this is another thing I feel very passionately on. There are some great resources at the Youth eSource about the value of play, and I actually helped do a Bible study series for them. Um, on play and, and the concept of play in scripture and God's delight in us and our delight in him and his word. Uh, and so that's a good place to go for the theology, I guess, if you will, of play and, and why spiritually it's so healthy for us. But then play therapy is a particular method that's been developed that the underlying theory is that children, their first language is actually play. And, you know, English, Spanish, Japanese, uh, Swahili, whatever is next. But their first language that they speak is play. And I think you can see this so clearly in even the smallest of infants. When you interact with them, uh, when you're holding them and they respond to your, your face and the faces that we make or the silly sounds we make and things like that. Uh, that is such a beautiful way to see how play is one way that God gave us to, I think, live in, yes, a broken world, uh, but uh, something that will remain, if you will, when things are restored and when we're in heaven with him and when we get to interact with him, we'll see play in its all of its glory. Um, and so then children who especially have had trauma, um, who struggle with different like family dynamics, who have any kind of uh, behavioral issues in school or at home, uh, just wide and varied mental health concerns. Play has been shown for so many things for kids to be a place where they not only learn certain skills, but they actually are able to process um, or act out uh, in metaphorical ways often the things that they've gone through. They make sense of it through the act of play. And it's a beautiful thing to be a part of. It's really cool in my play therapy room to play with kids and, you know, to learn and get to know them, but then also to see them as they start to 
to reveal more and more of themselves. I think in the same way that we as adults want to be known by God and we want to be known by those that we love and that love us, children desperately want the same thing and they are so fresh and ready to be known. And so that's one way that play is really unique. You just get to know the child. There's a special kind of play therapy called filial therapy that actually play therapists teach uh, the adults or caregivers or parents in a child's life how to do so that they can also just have this space of grace available for kids where they play um, usually it's like 30 minutes um, so many times a week or so many times a month. And that's a really cool healing thing for parent and child or, uh, you know, foster parent and child or whoever's available in that child's life. Um, there's also like parent-child interaction therapy. That's a specific kind of therapy that's really good for trauma and for attachment relationship issues. And um that, that is usually done within the context of some kind of play and growth oriented activity. And so, yeah, sand tray is just another um, uh, outcry of that where you get to use a lot of different figurines and different uh, like even little building structures and stop signs and band-aids or anything that's available. It's so cool. It's like this world of miniatures. And um, there's a sand tray. Usually there's wet and dry or the child chooses one and they put the things into the tray to tell their story. And sometimes I'll say things like, um, tell me about school. Like I just pick a theme and then they put the miniatures in and and sometimes they'll act things out. Uh, it's depending on their developmental level oftentimes. And sometimes they'll just set up a scene and there's so much that you learn from those. Um, so again, with any kind of therapy, there's certified play therapists. And then there's people who are simply trained in play therapy methods or sand tray methods. And for instance, I am one who is trained in those methods, but I'm not certified. If you're looking for a certified play therapist, you can go to APT.org, which is the Association of Play Therapists. Um, and they have two directories. One is certified people and one is uh, those who have experienced training. And so that uh, usually there's some kind of therapist in that realm available in your area. Very good. And we have a few more types of therapy to discuss, to consider today as we continue our conversation here on the Coffee Hour for Mental Health Monday. It is a good day. We have more to consider in just a moment. You're listening to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. Oh, yeah. Sarah's not here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Heidi Gaiman. <laughs> we'll be back in just a moment. You're a miracle. You know that, right? A living, breathing, one-of-a-kind miracle. You were created to stand apart, to share your gifts in the service of others, to make an uncommon impact in a common world. And at Concordia University, it's our mission to help you do that, to live uncommon. To learn more about Concordia, go to cuw.edu. Dun, dun, dun. 
Welcome back to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. Sarah's away today. It is Mental Health Monday. We're talking with Deaconess Heidi Gaiman about various types of therapy. Covered uh, a few this morning already. Uh, All part of a great series this month. So go back and check the previous Mental Health Mondays in October as well and uh, review those if you haven't had a chance to listen to those. Talking about different types of professionals in therapy as well. Mental health professionals. Uh, So um, really helpful resources. And so we have a few more uh, coming up this morning, and it's uh, it's more alphabet soup. So uh, I'm Andy Bates. I'm a DCE in the LCMS. I serve at KFUO. I may or may not have ADD. So uh, ne- next up, um, IFS. What is IFS? Internal family systems therapy, internal family systems therapy. And so there's a a basic therapeutic method or theory, if you will, called family systems. And almost every mental health professional is trained or has a lot of education in this area because family systems is just so basic and systems in particular is super basic to social work. Uh, It's the idea that we interact in multiple systems in our life and they all impact us and we impact them. And so Uh, the fact that, you know, my children go to school and we go to church and we live in a community and my husband uh, has a particular place of employment and I have a place of employment and all those things are going to interact in different ways um, and impact the way that I live and learn and grow and love and all those things. And so I think it's really cool. I like that it's super mindful usually of the body of Christ in people's life and their uh, belief systems. Just like any uh, therapy that we covered so far is going to be aware that spirituality is a part of people's lives that is healthy and meaningful, um, and they get to choose how to interact with it. The therapist is good therapy does not tell you how to interact with your beliefs. In fact, uh, it helps support your beliefs and helps you figure that out um, and really helps you have a space where you can um, ask some honest questions. Um, I really like when people in my therapy room, for instance, ask me, um, you know, that deep question of like, why would God do this? But usually people ask it in like a myriad of ways Mm -hmm. without saying that. Um, And so it's not my job as a therapist to tell you why God is doing something. And we know as Lutheran Christians that like we don't know most of the time that um, we aren't God and he doesn't give us answers all the time uh, for the things of this world. Um, And so instead I allow them a space to process that and work through that and ask more questions. And a lot of times I'll refer them to the people in their lives who have taught them their um, spiritual beliefs or who are their spiritual mentors. And so in that way, I think a therapy is usually very respectful of uh, helping people seek pastoral care when they need it and spiritual care when they need it in that space as well with their pastor or DCE or deaconess or any other acronym that exists within the LCMS. Um, so, so yeah, just those systems are really interacting and in Internal Family Systems Therapy, or IFS, is kind of cool because it recognizes that that is most likely also happening within us, that we individually have a bunch of systems in ourselves. I think this really plays well with the heart, soul, mind, and strength concept of scripture, that we are all these parts kind of put together that God has knit together um, and that they're interacting and and almost having discussions and, and side conversations, you know, our subconscious and our conscious and all that stuff. And so internal family systems therapy helps the person 
identify the different parts of themselves that basically uh, have an investment and want to be heard. Um, and sometimes people in IFS call it sub-personalities, like that there's a core of who we are, which is called our self. But then there's these other pieces of us, like the, pers the, the little kid who was um, bullied at school. And, and that part needs to be heard or the married uh, spouse that's there and has a, a strong opinion about some things in their life that needs to be heard. And so it, it helps us to be able to see ourselves as a whole self that God created, but have a space to, to wrestle with these more complicated pieces of ourself. Uh, one of the best things I heard from an IFS therapist one time was that we all also have that baptized part of ourselves. And you and I know that that is part of the core self, likely. Uh, but at the same time, that that is a piece that might have a, a different tone to it, a different way that it informs our life than, say, the old Adam part of myself that is deeply impacted by trauma. Um, I think that that helps people to also know that uh, God is working within all those spaces, that he's not apart from any of those. But the compartmentalization, while it's not neat, <laughs> like it's very messy, uh, does help us be able to like walk through all of it without it feeling overwhelming. So that's IFS, especially if you're struggling with uh, some things of your past. That's a really great therapy for uh, coming through some of that um, and finding forgiveness uh, for yourself or other people, things like that. And it's really helpful for understanding yourself and your interactions with other people as well. All right. IFS, Internal Family Systems Therapy, EFT. This has nothing to do with your financial institute, right? <laughs> it doesn't. Right? Okay. It doesn't. EFT. And EFT is emotionally focused therapy. Um, it was developed by a woman named Sue Johnson, and you can see some really cool YouTube videos uh, of her talking, and she really is the person who describes it best. Uh, but Again, this is a therapy that helps us to be able to engage with our emotional life and see how it impacts all the areas of our life. Um, there's a pretty strong theory within uh, emotionally focused therapy that says that our emotions are really a part of our character. Um, and sometimes those are incongruent, you know, which we've all seen. We are, maybe we value or part of our character is uh, our belief structure or being, you know, the fruits of the spirit, if you will. But instead, what comes out is not reflective of that in our emotions. And so it helps us kind of to make sense of the interaction of that within our life and then also finding responses and how to uh, live it in a healthy way that we're looking for. And so EFT is really helpful for couples in particular. Uh, that's where a lot of the great research for EFT is based on uh, attachment relationships and healing. So if you you grew up in a, a home or with people where there were some really challenging attachments, then EFT has really been shown to be effective in healing some of those so that your adult romantic and interpersonal relationships can be healthier. Uh, so EFT, if you had, you know, really challenging home growing up or uh, some disjointed or disrupted attachments uh, with your uh, family of origin. 
All right, just about two minutes left for the wild card because we still have like a whole drawer full of possibilities. Um, but I'm going to pull one out of this this list of potentials. Neurofeedback caught my attention. I'm curious what neurofeedback is with two minutes. Yeah, neurofeedback is related to the research that was done with biofeedback, which you're probably really familiar with, with fitness uh, professional stuff. But it really is this cool therapy where you get to interact with video games. <laughs> <laughs> and that's usually, I like to sell, um, especially uh, pastors that are a little bit doubtful of going to therapy. I'm like, well, there's this thing where you can go and you can look at your brain waves and you can learn to change your brain waves through a video game. Sold, right? That is usually <laughs> an easy in for some people that are a little bit reticent to do uh, traditional talk therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so neurofeedback, and there's another kind of, uh, really cool up and coming therapy called brain spotting that is related to EMDR or the memory processing that we talked about. But both of these are really informed. So is EMDR by neurobiology and how our brains work, what we're finding out about our brains. And I think that, uh, again, neurofeedback is really good for, um, attention struggles. It's really good for, mm. uh, teens because they aren't always ready to have that deep dive conversational kind of therapy. Um, and, and again, for those who are a little bit resistant to, uh, the idea that they, uh, want to go talk about their problems. <laughs> so it's a good, it's a good starting place. And I highly recommend it. Just look at it online, Google it. It has some pretty cool science behind it. Neurofeedback. So I'm assuming this obviously involves some technology too. If you're seeing brain waves and things like that, then it's going to involve yeah. some technology. And if it's includes technology. That's even more interesting. Right, right. Yeah. And actually quite a few of the things that we mentioned, EMDR too has some technology involved with it for the um, bilateral stimulation that happens there. And so therapy is not, I'm hoping people got out of this whole series that we did, not quite as uh, cut and dry as you think it is. There's a lot of options out there. Very good. Very good. Coming up in November on Mental Health Mondays, we're going to start taking a look at the topics in Finding Hope from Brokenness to Restoration. Deaconess Heidi's book from Concordia Publishing House. Looking forward to digging into that with you. Thanks so much, Heidi. Have a great week. Thanks, Andy. See you next time. You've been listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support the Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you anytime, anywhere.